the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Three O Three Creative takes First Amendment challenges to the Supreme Court. The state of Colorado says she must either make websites celebrating same-sex weddings or make no wedding websites at all. That's compelled speech. The U.S. looks to Georgia to decide the balance of power in the Senate. There's a lot of things that we can do in a 50-50 Senate to slow down, in some cases stop, uh, the most extreme element of the Biden agenda. OPEC decides to maintain current oil output cuts. Eventually trigger higher oil prices into the summer. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, December 8th. I'm Mike Scott. On Monday, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in the 303 Creative LLC versus Ellenus, a case that deals with how the First Amendment is handled when it clashes with public accommodation laws. In simpler terms, the court is going to decide if the state of Colorado can compel speech from creative professionals. This morning, whether it's baking a cake. If it's not something I will say, then it's not something I will write on a cake. Or designing a wedding website. I am a Christian, and as a Christian, I believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. The Supreme Court is set to decide whether a public service can be denied based on a person's constitutional right to free speech versus equal LGBTQ rights. It stems from a Colorado case brought by website designer Lori Smith appealing to the Supreme Court not to be fined or otherwise punished under Colorado law for refusing to work on an LGBTQ-themed project, saying it would violate her religious beliefs. I'm never refusing a project based on who's requesting it, uh, requesting the work, but the message that I'm being asked to pour my time talents into promoting and celebrating. Colorado's Attorney General Philip Weiser says otherwise. If you're open to the public, you need to accommodate everybody. That's a core of our civil rights law, and it has deep roots in American law. Lori Smith's 2019 lawsuit follows a similar case brought by Colorado baker Jack Phillips in 2012, who argued he should not be forced to make an LGBTQ-themed cake for a same-sex couple under his First Amendment right to express his own speech. He won the case on a technicality and a narrow ruling. During arguments, some news outlets suggested that it appeared the justices were sympathetic with the plaintiff in that case, Lori Smith, the owner of 303 Creative. Smith is a graphic designer and argues that she does not object to serving LGBT clients and has said she would be more than happy to create a custom website for them, just as long as that website does not convey a message with which she disagrees. Kelly Fedorek of the Alliance Defending Freedom says that this case is about free speech, so all Americans should be concerned. Colorado agrees that she serves everyone, regardless of sexual orientation, and she simply seeks to choose messages that are consistent with her beliefs. 
This belongs to the LGBT graphic designer who doesn't want to be forced by the government to criticize same-sex marriage. Meanwhile, Justice Kentanji Brown-Jackson asked ADF's Kristen Wagoner, Smith's lawyer, whether a mall photography store could refuse to take pictures of black people on Santa's lap. Their policy is that only white children can be photographed with Santa in this way because that's how they view Uh, the scenes with Santa that they're trying to depict. Wagoner says there is a line in deciding whom to serve. The line is that no one on any side of any debate has to be compelled to express a message that violates their core convictions because, as this court found, it's demeaning to them. Justice Sonia Sotomayor asked what other categories of people the website designer may refuse to serve. How about people who don't believe in interracial marriage? Or about people who don't believe that disabled people should get married? What's, where's the line? Justice Samuel Alito notes other justices asked about refusing services to people in other categories, such as those in interracial marriages. Do you think it's fair to equate opposition to same-sex marriage with opposition to interracial marriage. Justice Neil Gorsuch says the plaintiff, Lori Smith, does not want to do work that goes against her beliefs. We have an individual who says she will sell and does sell to everyone, all manner of websites. But she won't sell a website that requires her to express a view about marriage that she finds offensive to her religious beliefs. David Cole of the ACLU says that Smith is free to say whatever she wants. She just can't discriminate, in his opinion, against people for their sexuality. Lori Smith is fully free to choose what websites, uh, services she provides to whom, as long as she does not make the choice to open a business to serve the public. Once she makes that choice, then and only then, she is subject to Colorado's law and has to serve everybody equally. Lori Windham, a religious freedom expert, says it's dangerous for the government to force creative people to express messages they don't agree with. It's a really intrusive and a really dangerous thing to tell an artist, you have to create something, you have to speak. Wyndham says that a win from the Supreme Court for Smith will be a win for free speech for everyone. I think a win from the Supreme Court here sends a really strong message that even if somebody's religious beliefs are unpopular, that doesn't mean you get to silence them. Ryan Anderson, president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center, says that he believes the state of Colorado may be violating Smith's free speech. The Supreme Court heard oral arguments on Monday in a vitally important free speech case. At issue is whether the state of Colorado can force a website designer to make custom websites for same-sex weddings. The designer is a Christian and so properly believes that marriage can only be between a husband and wife, and thus a same-sex relationship is something other than marriage. To use her God-given gifts and talents as a designer to celebrate something that doesn't accord with God's design for marriage violates her conscience. But the state of Colorado says she must either make websites celebrating same-sex weddings or make no wedding websites at all. That's compelled speech, and it's unconstitutional. 
hopefully the Supreme Court will do the right thing and rule very clearly that no state may force anyone to speak a message against their beliefs. Looking ahead to the Georgia runoff election that may tip the power structure in the Senate, Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock is looking to head off his GOP challenger, Herschel Walker, winning a full six-year term in the Senate. Steve Kornacki, the national political correspondent for NBC, explains what is on the line for the runoff and the challenges ahead for Warnock and Walker. It is 50-49 coming into this final unresolved race, Herschel Walker versus Raphael Warnock. For the Democrats, it's a chance to get to 51, and potentially, if you want to think long-term here from the Democrats' standpoint, they're looking at, <coughs> excuse me, a tough Senate map potentially in 2024, so all the pad they can get, any pad they can get in terms of their margin here could be significant for 2024, so it does come down to Georgia. I think the most notable aspect of the preliminary in Georgia was that there was a split here. There was sort of a disconnect between Walker. You see on the Senate side here, neither candidate, Warnock or Walker, hit 50. That's why we do have this runoff. The Libertarian got just over 2% of the vote. Walker, you see, got 48.5% of the vote. Look at the governor's race. The Republican candidate, Brian Kemp, basically did five points better than Herschel Walker. A very comfortable victory for Kemp over Stacey Abrams in the governor's race. And yet there was a significant number of voters here who were comfortable voting Republican. Republican in the governor's race who were not comfortable doing so in the Senate race. Kornacki names the county to keep an eye on in today, Tuesday's runoff. A couple things we'll be looking for. Here's one county you'll be hearing me say a lot tomorrow night. This is the biggest Republican vote-producing county in Georgia. This is one of the biggest Republican vote-producing counties in the country. Cherokee County, you're getting into the you know far northern suburbs, exurbs of Atlanta here. And you can see, look, it's big Republican territory. Walker won this thing by almost 40 points. But look at the the gap here. Walker gets 67.6. Go to the governor's race. Kemp got 74.2. That's the kind of number in Cherokee County that wins a race for a uh, a Republican in Georgia, and that's the kind of number that's not enough. Herschel Walker says his Democrat opponent, Senator Raphael Warnock, is using race to try and divide Georgia voters. When he said the words, America need to apologize for his whiteness. And I said, wait a minute, where are you, what Bible are you reading from? God don't know nothing about the color of your skin. God know about your heart. So quit talking about the color of people's skin. But all he want to talk about is the color of your skin. But yet, 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 he's in a place of a man that used to talk about the, not the color of your skin, but the content of your character. Walker says Georgians are tired of the incumbent senator following Joe Biden's progressive agenda. And I do know there's peace through streets. So why are they bringing pronouns in our military? Pronouns? What the heck is a pronoun? I'm sick and tired of that pronoun stuff. Aren't y'all sick and tired of pronoun stuff? So why don't we call this senator former senator? That's his pronoun. He's going to be former senator because it's time for him to go. Senator Warnock says he wants to give Republican opponent Herschel Walker credit where credit is due. Herschel Walker was an amazing running back. And he's going to need those skills because come Tuesday, the people of Georgia are going to send him running back to Texas. Warnock says that his opponents considered it an emergency and filed for relief after losing an appeal to try and stop people from voting on a Saturday during the early election period.
It's an emergency. Because health care is on the ballot. A woman's right to choose is on the ballot. The future of our children is on the ballot. We need to show up like it's a 911 emergency. Are you ready to win this election? Niles Stanage, the Hills White House columnist, joined News Nation and says Democrats want the extra seat because they will need it in 2024. Well, in terms of the Senate, it, if Democrats were to win tomorrow, that would give them a cushion that they need because it would provide a degree of insulation against what seems a pretty hostile wind in 2024 in the Senate. Make a long story short, the Senate map in two years' time is very forbidding for Democrats. They will be trying to hold on to about eight very competitive seats, whereas Republicans don't really have very many competitive seats to defend at all. Maybe in Florida, Republicans are in some kind of danger, and that's about it. So in that regard, it would be extremely useful for Democrats to notch that one extra seat, get up to 51, and frankly, the likelihood that they're going to lose some seats in two years' time. When asked about the potential for Raphael Warnock running for president in 2024, Stanage says, in his opinion, it's very unlikely. I love speculating about potential future presidential candidates, and Senator Warnock has run an impressive race. I think it is difficult right now to see a pathway to him becoming the Democratic nominee, even if he wants that, even if President Biden were to choose not to run for a second term. Uh, Briefly, Nicole, that Axios piece was sort of premised on the idea that Democrats are changing their primary calendar, moving up states like South Carolina and Michigan that have significant black populations. And so would Senator Warnock be a more, uh, would that be more beneficial to him? It would theoretically, but it would also be very beneficial to Vice President Harris in that scenario, and she would seem likely to be the main beneficiary of that. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas joined Hugh Hewitt on the Salem Radio Network and says that Georgia's Senate seat is important to Republicans because there is more they can do in a 50-50 Senate to stop Joe Biden's agenda. There's a lot of things that we can do in a 50-50 Senate to slow down, in some cases stop. Uh, the most extreme element to the Biden agenda, along with the House majority, to stop the most extreme nominees. You know, we've done that in a few cases, Hugh, where one Democratic senator balked either publicly or privately. It's much harder to stop those radical left-wingers if it takes two Democratic senators bucking their own president. But even more important, Hugh, than control of the United States Senate is who will represent the people of Georgia for the next six years. This is about being Georgia's voice. And Herschel Walker will be a voice for sanity, for stable prices and a strong growing economy, for tough on crime policies, for a secure border and a proud, strong America in the world. We know what Raphael Warnock will do. He has been a radical, radical left wing ideologue and a rubber stamp for Joe Biden's agenda. So for the people of Georgia, this could not be a more pressing decision. California lawmakers are back in Sacramento for a special session at the Capitol on gas prices. Daybreak Insider's Ron DeRoxtra has more on this developing story. Monday's business includes swearing in new members and electing leaders for the 2023 legislative session. Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom also called in lawmakers to begin work on a proposed penalty for oil companies when their profits surpass a certain threshold. 
The proposal, though, likely won't be debated until January. Rhonda Rockster reporting. According to reports, the Saudi-led OPEC and allied producers decided to maintain output cuts at 2 million barrels per day to boost the global price of oil. That decision comes just one day before the planned sanctions aimed at hitting Russia's oil earnings were to take effect. The two events combined could potentially tighten supply and drive up oil costs even further. Francisco Blanche, head of the Global Commodities for Bank of America, says that while the markets remain concerned about a recession, he remains hopeful. Yeah, frankly, it's a little surprising the uh, sell-off today, but uh, of course, it's in general with the uh, with a broader sell-off in equity markets and in risk assets. Uh, so certainly, I think the uh, the oil market remains concerned that the Fed will tilt. Uh, the global economy into recession by hiking rates uh, as fast as they have and potentially beyond. So, um, but but remember, uh, everything that is cooking in the background is still constructive for oil. Um, so we remain positive and uh, into into 2023, we think uh, uh, lower availability of Russian barrels coupled with a uh, China reopening, and uh, and and what we continue to believe will be a Fed pivot in the first quarter of the year uh, will eventually trigger higher oil prices into the summer and second half of 2023. Blanche goes on to explain the price cap on Russian oil and China's reopening could impact oil prices in the U.S. and worldwide. Well, so our our initial assumption is that uh, we're going to lose about a million barrels a day of Russian oil uh, after uh, February 5th. Because remember, there's two stages to the cap. First, there's a crude price cap, and then uh, there is the petroleum product uh, ca- price cap, which uh, kicks in on, on Feb 5. Um, so so we think we'll lose about a million barrels a day. Uh, we've seen a range of estimates, including uh, the uh, U.S. Treasury, which believe the, the range will be between half a million barrels a day and, and uh, 2.2 million barrels a day. Um, that, that's a very big range. It's a range that could make oil swing by $30 a barrel or more. Um, and, uh, and I think also the other factor is we continue to expect China reopening which will add about uh, half of, of uh, demand growth uh, to the global oil market next year. Uh, remember, we do expect uh, OECD economies, namely U.S., Europe, uh, Japan, to essentially add zero, uh, big fat zero to demand growth uh, in 2023 as, as these economies are going to be bordering uh, recession. AAA reported that the national average in the U.S. for a gallon of gas fell 14 cents to $3.40 over the past week. That's down from an average of $3.79 a gallon a month ago and from a record high of $5 a gallon earlier this summer. The U.S. labor force participation rate fell for a third straight month in November, reflecting the ongoing struggle to find enough workers for businesses. More on this on Capitol Hill from Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett. The share of Americans either working or actively looking for a job fell to 62.1%, according to government data released Friday. The rate had risen to 62.4% in August, matching a post-pandemic high reached in March, but remained significantly below where it was before the pandemic. The participation rate for so-called prime-aged workers, those aged 25 to 54, also dropped to 82.4% from 82.5%, and it too remains below its pre-pandemic levels. Bernie Bennett reporting. 
Daybreak Insider Shelley Adler joins us next and has more on the Oxford Dictionary's Word of the Year. That's not a word. Oxford Dictionary says the phrase goblin mode has been selected by online voters as its word of the year. As for what it means, Oxford defines the term as, quote, a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. First seen on Twitter in 2009, goblin mode gained popularity in 2022 as people around the world emerge with confusion from pandemic lockdowns. I'm Shelley Adler. I want this nonsense with my picture to stop. I did you a favor by hiring you back, and this is not a very nice way to repay me. You're right. You did do me a favor, and now I'm going to do you one. I'm going to give you a tip on how to deal with people who work for you. Lighten up a little bit. I mean, you got to make some compromises. I see. You want me to hang your picture back out? Right. Done. Whoa, 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 that was easy. Wait, uh, let's try some more compromises here. Um, I want to sleep with you 25 times, but you don't want to sleep with me at all, am I right? Right. Okay, so what's half of 25? Your IQ. It's all right. On Monday, the manager of actress Kirstie Alley released a statement saying the former Cheers star and movie actress had passed away after a brief fight with cancer. Some sad news to report uh, out of the world of Hollywood, out of entertainment. I want to put up this Instagram post. We're learning uh, just moments ago that the actress Kirstie Alley has died at the age of 71 after a brief battle with cancer. Uh, Her Instagram account just posted this photo and a statement from her family. I'm going to read it right now. It says, to all our friends far and wide around the world, we're sad to inform you that our incredible, fierce, and loving mother has passed away after a battle with cancer only recently discovered. She was surrounded by her closest family and fought with great strength, leaving us with the certainty of her never-ending joy of living and whatever adventures lie ahead. As iconic as she was on screen, she was even more amazing mother and grandmother. We're grateful to the incredible team of doctors and nurses at the Moffitt Cancer Center for their care, our mother's zest and passion for life, her children, grandchildren, and her many animals, not to mention her eternal joy of creating, were unparalleled and leave us inspired to live life to the fullest just as she did. We thank you for your love and prayers and ask that you respect our privacy at this difficult time with love always, True and Lily Parker there. Born in Wichita, Kansas, Allie first appeared in the 1982 film Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, where she played the Vulcan Starfleet officer, Lieutenant Savick. After Star Trek, she joined the beloved sitcom Cheers, where she remained until the show's final season, winning an Emmy Award in 1991 for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. Upon release of the news of Allie's death, many in Hollywood began paying tribute to the actress, including John Travolta, who shared the screen in two movies with Kirstie Alley and shared photographs of him and Allie on Instagram. Travolta wrote, Kirstie was one of the most special relationships I've ever had. I know we will see each other again. Kirstie Alley was 71 years old. That's a little joke. Humor. 
It is a difficult concept. It is not logical. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.